your Bibles, I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 1, one of my absolute favorite verses, and uh, I'm in a series called Faith-Based. We've been studying the subject of faith, and that's actually the theme that the Lord put in my heart for this year. I'm going to believe God this year. Uh, That's the theme of the Bible. The Bible is a book about belief. And so I found myself in uh, 2 Timothy again, one of my very favorite verses, you, you ought to have this verse highlighted. You ought to uh, memorize this verse. This verse ought to be one that you are intimately acquainted with. 2 Timothy 1.7, I'll read it and pray. It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning uh, for the word of life. And I just pray that we would experience this verse, power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, may we experience it. May it be real to us, may it get deep down on the inside of us, and I just thank you for what you have for your people in this season of life, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Now, um, my wife, Elizabeth, could make it today. We got uh, the littlest ones at home sick. Elizabeth is working at Canyon Creek School over here, and when you work at a school and you're with kids all the time, they do get sick a lot. Now, I was thinking about her working there, and it reminded me of my days growing up at Elder Grove. And I had a great time going to school at Elder Grove, but one thing that drove me nuts was in my eighth grade year, we were undefeated in basketball, played in the championship game. You know who we played against was the Billings Christian Warriors. That's where Pastor David was playing. And so we beat those clowns twice that year. In the championship game, we were up by 20 points at halftime. But the coach pulled the starters and played the scrubs. And I remember losing that game. And I'm still mad uh, to this day about it. I don't like losing to Blinks Christian. And whenever I talk about it, Pastor David has a very smug look on his face. He kind of beams up. So uh, being beat by Blinks Christian School made me think about the ways the enemy sneaks in in your life. And uh, I wanted to highlight uh, three ways that defeat can come into your life. This is not the only three. This is just three I found as I was studying the scriptures here. And I, I kind of want to just highlight this, because I want you to win this year. And if you're going to win, you better have faith. If you're not careful, Satan can sneak in. He's a very crafty foe. That's what the scripture says. Defeat can sneak up on you. Maybe it's a depression that enters in, or it could be a sickness or a disease. Where I, I'm Like, not every case, but many times when you get down and discouraged, it can even have physical symptoms in your body. So I'm going to teach you this morning how to live strong, how to stay full of faith. And you know the cool thing about being a preacher? is you get to preach to yourself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now, I was telling you last week, 2024 is probably one of the more chaotic years in the world. Uh, you know, it is an election cycle. It's going to be crazy. You're going to be bombarded with misinformation, commonly known as fake news. And that is like everywhere. You've got to be very discerning about it. Uh, I, I read that there are 70 elections taking place in the world this year. 70 different nations. That's a lot of misinformation out there. And you know, Uh, The Chinese have come out and said that they're facing what they called strong headwinds against their nation, their economy. Well, that one-child policy they have has real serious consequences for their future and for their economy. And and so it it just reminds me of the state we are in the world. You are going to face some strong headwinds in your life this year. But you can overcome because the greater one is living on the inside of you. And so you, you need to learn how to stay in a place of faith and don't let defeat get into your life. So that's what I want to highlight for us. Now, 2 Timothy 1, 7, great verse here. God has not given me, personalize it, say, God's not given me 
a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. When I think about this verse, man, it highlights one of the first ways that defeat can sneak into your life, and it has to do with the loss of peace. It will enter in through the loss of peace in your life. Peace is more than just the absence of disturbance or turmoil. Uh, Peace, according to Scripture, is the presence of the Lord in your life. Think about what Jesus said in John 16, in the world you have tribulation. That means in the world you're going to have election cycles. (laughs) In the world you're going to have economies that go up and down, difficult times, persecutions. But Jesus said, fear not, for I have overcome the world. You know, he also said in John 14, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but a peace that can only come from the Lord, only from me. He said, I will give it to you. Peace is a rare commodity in the days that we live in. And it is a premium in your life, man. Individuals are after peace. Communities are after peace. Churches are after peace. I'm grateful to have a peaceful united church, amen? Nations are after peace. And people want peace. And when I read the verse, man, it is loaded with such truth. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Here's, what, here's how you lose your peace. You, you lose your peace when you start getting anxious. Not give me a spirit of fear, of timidity, of uh, anxiety. Maybe it's a frustration. It's an insecurity, a nervousness. You know, the thing about emotions is they're like roller coasters. I mean, they go up and they go down. And it's like, you know, the, the older I've gotten, I think the wiser I've become, but I just kind of watch it, man. Like, you, you know, one day you might be up here and the next day you're down here. And if you have that loss of peace, man, it can be hard for you to really follow the Lord. I think about, you know, trying to make decisions in life. And I want to make decisions with the peace of God. I try to follow it. I try to find it. If I've got to make some decisions or think about things to do, I'm trying to find my peace. I'm trying to locate it. And I find a lot of times if he's not giving me a decision, I get myself in trouble. So I'm looking for peace. I don't want to lose peace. He's not giving me a spirit of fear. But he's given me a spirit of power. You know how else peace might leave your life is when you start feeling powerless. When you feel as if you can't control certain situations. You start to feel nervous about things. You, you start getting you know, rushed or a- anxious. You know, I had this happen to me a few months back, man. I, I, I had this premonition in my heart that just wouldn't leave me. And, and really what it came down to is I felt like I was helpless in a situation. I was losing my sense of of being able to determine it, dictate it, control it. I started feeling like it was pushing me rather than me being able to push it. And I decided I'm just not going to live that way. I want to live a life filled with the dunamis power of the Lord in it so I can overcome sin, make good decisions, but people start feeling like they lose peace when they feel powerless. He's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you a spirit of power and a spirit of love. Uh, This is a big one. Do you want to know how you lose peace in your life is when you lose love. I think love is probably like the greatest solution to the problem in the world. When you look at society's problems today, you're talking about people who lack love. They don't feel love. This is where so much of the crisis in our world comes from. It's from that feeling that you're not loved. And what love does, it instills a sense of confidence in you. You know, my children... When they feel loved, I notice they, they get real confident. And when children are confident, it gets real noisy. I mean, they run around screaming, jumping off couches. That's about Sunday afternoon in my home. <laughs> love strengthens you. 
The joy of the Lord will do that in your life. When you feel love, you'll feel joy. And Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Love has this way of reinforcing things. And I love how Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 13, that love never fails. Love is the answer to the problem that you need. When you feel the love of God and you see it at work in your life, that will bring solutions, that will bring peace. That's how you can make good decisions. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind, a disciplined mind. This is where, this is where people really lose peace, is when they cannot control their thoughts. Man, your thought life is crucial. It's going to make or break you. And I don't know if you've discovered this yet, but you really do have the ability, the authority to control your thought life. And that is a big deal. The ability to, to control that thought life is the battle. You, you, you understand you can take every thought captive. You understand that you can cast down thoughts. This is the battle for me. This is the battle for you. This is the battle for everyone who's ever lived in the room. This is the rubber meeting the road right here, man. Your thought life can determine and dictate your peace so much if you're not careful. And if you control your thoughts, you can control your thoughts. If you don't, they'll control It's not just that you, you can control them. You must control your thoughts. If you don't, they'll control you. And, and I'm telling you, rise and fall based upon your thought life. And if the thought life that you have is fixated on something else, if there's a, you can always tell because you start getting anxious. You lose your peace. You feel insecure. Things start pushing you. That requires a moment where you've got to take a thought captive and bring it down. Say it with me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. Amen. You sound good, man. That, that would be the first way that you can beat up the devil, push back on him, is keeping your peace. If you lose your peace, man, that's where defeat starts sneaking up on you. Second way defeat sneaks in. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, just down two verses, verse number 9. I discovered this verse. I was reading through the scriptures today. God has called us. He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time even began. All right, this, this is where defeat enters a lot of people's life. It's through getting outside of God's plan, through getting outside of the will of God for their life. God has a plan for your life. He has a desire, a destiny that he wants you to fulfill. He's got things for you that he's planned for you. The Bible says before the foundations of the world, before time... It means uh, that, you know, it's, it's something that is separate and belongs to him. Now, I'm in the ministry. I feel that's what God called me to do. But a lot of times, I struggle feeling to, to appreciate the sacredness of it. I mean, it's a, it's a calling. And in your life, God has called you to do certain things that he, he's called and chosen specifically for you. It, it's a plan, he says here, according to his purpose, specific hand-tailored to you. I like how Ephesians said it, that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. His handiwork. He's done something beautiful and purposeful in your life. It's according to uh, his purpose and his grace. I love that, man. You have a unique skill set, a unique ability that God has given you, and if you utilize your talents and giftings for his glory, it goes a long way. It, that, that grace is unique and specific to you. God is so big, he's so multifaceted, he, he's so incredible, so extraordinary, that he's got different 
plans for different people, and they all come together in this beautiful uh, way of us working together as a body of Christ. It's, it's incredible how he's able to do that. The plan of God is extraordinary. It's amazing. I mean, it sounds awesome. But you do understand that people get outside of God's plan for their life. This is why I like the Bible, because it gives you a real look at people, their flaws and their failures. It's the story of imperfect people like Adam and Eve who sinned in the garden and created a whole problem for the rest of us. Like I heard one preacher say, he's going to get to heaven and kick Adam in the shin. I might join him on that. He's created all kinds of problems. What do you think about Samson? He could not control his appetites. And he got outside of the will of God for his life. You know, I think about the, the prophet Jonah. He was called to go to Nineveh, but he didn't do it. It took him a while to wrestle with God, create problems. He stepped outside of the will of God for his life for a season there. You know, you, you could think about King David. I mean, what an amazing man of God. But you know the story. Uh, the, the man who had a heart after God is also the one who had an affair, lied about it, and murdered to cover it up. And it created problems in his home for years to come. He got outside of God's plan for his life. You could think about Peter, the, the, the apostle. I mean, he, all his bravado and big mouth couldn't stop him from telling the Lord he'd be with him and then backing away from that. He got outside of God's plan. And it just happens with people. I, I think about even Paul here in 2 Timothy in this epistle. I mean, he mentions a bunch of people. He mentions Phlegius and Hermogenes, who he said have turned away. In chapter 2, he mentions Hymogenes and Phlegius, who taught false doctrines. He said in chapter 4, Demas has forsaken me. Uh, he loved the present world. He mentions Alexander the coppersmith, who he says did me much harm. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to stay in the will of God for my life. It is the safest place to be, and I have learned that by experience. If I'm in the will of peace of God, I'll have his favor, I'll have his blessing. And, and that, that's, that means that it takes faith to stay in his will. I want to stay there. If you want to be in God's plan, if you want to discover his will for your life, let me talk to you about it. You, you, you have to discover it. It has to be revealed to you. You want to pray about it. You want to seek the Lord. You want to get alone with Him. That's how, that's how I discovered the will of God for my life. I got alone. I spent time with Him. I pressed in Him. I asked the Holy Spirit for guidance. Lord, what, what, would, you, what would you have me do? And, and, and He revealed it to me. You know, uh, sometimes you should ask other people maybe what they see in your life. Maybe what, what, what they sense. Because people can see things that maybe... You don't always see. You know, like I think about Pastor David. Uh, like I told you, he beat us in basketball, but I still appreciate and respect him. <laughs> you know, I was telling him, I was, I was at lunch this week with him, and I told him, man, I admire him so much. He's one of the most faithful, focused, godly people that I know. And I see that in his life. I see leadership. I, I, I see, you know, his ability to, to, to persevere in difficult situations. I see the plan of God. If, if you want to Walk out. If you want to know the plan of God, you, you begin by walking it out. And I have found that as you walk in it, you discover it. It's not all clear at one time. It's like you walk in it. It's revealed to you. Discover it as you go. It's the mystery of knowing the Lord and walking with Him. When, when you have an idea about it, when, when you feel like you're in the will of God, that's where you got to obey it. Submit yourself to Him. you got to say yes to the Lord, which is not always the most easy thing to do. Sometimes it's not the most enjoyable thing to do, but it requires obedience. And when you do that, you'll discover that God will do you good in the end.
Sometimes you go through difficulties, trials, hardships, and you question and you wonder, is God with me in this? Where are you at? God, I'm drowning here. Help me out. But if you stay faithful to the Lord and his plan, you'll see in the end he works out things for good. And that means you've got to have some resolve. Second Timothy, he's going to mention enduring hardships, he said, as a good shoulder, a good soldier in the faith. This is a place where you don't get bitter. You know, Esau, the Bible says, got bitter, and he got outside of God's will for his life. He, he was bitter. And you don't want to complain. Israel complained in the wilderness. They could have gone into the wilderness 40 years before, but they complained, and they got outside of God's will. Don't look back like Lot forward. That means that you don't quit fast. And if you're going to follow the will of God for your life, you've got to look forward. That means that you don't quit. Like Scripture says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you don't lose heart. And the Bible is also filled with the examples of men who persevered and endured in following God's plan for their life, like Abraham, who waited for the child of promise and God blessed him. Or I think about Moses who endured to sing him who is invisible, and he chose God's plan rather than the passing pleasures of sin. Or I think about John the Beloved. He was the last apostle to be killed. And he was the one who saw the revelation of Jesus coming. He wrote the book of Revelation. I'm just telling you that you can endure, you can win, you can press ahead if you'll stay in God's plan. This is part of faith, man. I believe it. I'm going to follow through with it. I'm going to walk with the Lord. You have a race to run. My wife reminds me all the time, you got one life to live. You better make it count. I think about the poem that was written by a man named C.T. Studd at the turn of the century. Only one life, it will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. You want to stay in the plan of God so that you can win in life, fulfill his purpose and destiny for you. Do you want to have that in your life? Let's talk about a third way Satan sneaks in. Jump down to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here's, here's what Paul said, 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. He said, you ought to know this. In the last days, and I think it's safe to say, we're living in the last days right now. I think we're there. When you look at everything going on in the world, the Bible predicted these days, man. He, he said perilous times. I like that word. It's, that's why I like reading from the King James, New King James. It means stressful times. Think about the stress of the world today, the anxiety people live with. I was watching CNN. They were doing a report about millennials and, and how millennials have one major regret financially. It was student loan bills. Everybody went to school and got student loan bills, and now they can't afford things. And it's created so much stress. The financial stress is created. We're living in this stressful time, perilous times in the last days. And then he starts describing, men will be taking selfies. That's what we said. Lovers of themselves. It's called narcissism. It says they'll be lovers of money. That's called materialism. Verse 4 said they'll be lovers of pleasure. That's called hedonism. That would be the days we live in. But he talked about being boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Where are my parents at? I like to read that verse to the kids. But I was a disobedient child, so I get it. And then he said unthankful. Someone say unthankful and unholy. Now, let me give you the third way that defeat will enter your life. It's through a lack of gratitude. Mm. A lack of gratitude. I had to dig for that one. It's unthankful. Uh, you got to think about society today, man, filled with younger generations. There is a general lack of appreciation. You know why? Life's pretty good in the 21st century. Uh, I'd say it's a little too easy for people. And uh, everything you need is at your fingertips. You can buy what you want on Amazon. It can ship to your door in the day. 
You can book trips, trips to travel. Traveling is actually pretty cheap when you think about it in the world we live in today compared to yesteryear. You got access to information, man. You know, I'm remodeling a house. People ask me how I know. It's the information, Abe. You know, I'm a sports guy. I can't wait to go watch the NFL playoffs today, but you know, yeah, that's right. My team isn't in it, but we're going for the Buffalo Bills. Isn't that right, Tess? We're going for the Bills. <laughs> There's a decline in sports viewership today. You know why? Because you can watch anything you want. Like, there's so many options. You can watch, you know, NASCAR racing in Dubai, and you can watch baseball, and you can watch hockey. I mean, everything's on. So, like, like there's, there's just so many choices and variety. And why always like that? I'm sure grateful I live with uh, my grandma and grandpa. You know, they went through the World War II generation. And life wasn't so easy for them. You know, I, I tell that story uh, because I remember <laughs> when I married Elizabeth, I was complaining to grandma how hard it was, man. We had to go through 13 months of immigration, and I couldn't go see her. She couldn't come here. I was complaining, and uh, grandma was like, uh, you know, Kenny got shot down by the Nazis, and I didn't know if he was alive or dead for like two weeks. I was like, all right, you win. <laughs> all right. I got, a, I got a webcam. I can see where Elizabeth's at anytime I want. No. But you know, that, that attitude is not unique to Americans. That, that, that was exactly what the Roman culture was like. Romans chapter 1, Paul is writing to them, and he says this about them. He says, they were not thankful, and they became futile in their thoughts, and their hearts were darkened. I, I think sinfulness is often rooted in ingratitude. And what that leads to is rebellious behavior. I was a disobedient child. I was rebellious at home because I was not appreciative and that lack of gratitude entering kind of pushed me to do some crazy things, man. And it, it, it's just how, how it happens. When you're ungrateful, it, it's like sin sneaks into your life. Defeat comes in. You start getting outside of God's plan. Gratitude keeps you in God's will. It, it's like a master key that unlocks every door in the building. It's, it, 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 that's what gratitude will do. It's a password for your online accounts. Think about, you know, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious in nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. For me, I should thank him. I should be grateful for him. I should praise him. I should honor him. So when I keep gratitude ahead of me, when I bless the Lord at all times, when his praise is continually in my mouth, and I add that to my prayer life, faith gets energized. And you start staying in the plan of God for your life. Gratitude's like a magnifying glass. And what it does is it helps you see the little things you didn't notice. Because there's probably little things in your life you're not really looking at. Like maybe your health's in good shape. Uh, maybe it's the fact that you didn't wreck the car. My wife call, tells me just about every day, I almost got in a wreck at the roundabout. I'm like, don't tell me that. Just come home safely. She did get in a wreck one time. We got this Ford Flex, we got it for her. And uh, she called me, she's like, I wrecked the car. I'm like, what did you do? She drove over a boulder on her way into City Brew to get a coffee. I took that car down to Archie Cochran Motors. And I was, t you know, telling them, explaining what happened. The, the women were at the front desk, they're asking, they were like, what happened? And I was like, well, she drove over a boulder on the way to get a coffee. And they were like, oh, that could happen to anybody. I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So I just tell her, if you didn't wreck the car, don't worry about it. Don't tell me. Think about little things like friends, good friends that you have, 
Good friends for your kids. Things you might overlook. You know, the eye doctor, they have this machine you look through. It's called a ferropter. I looked that up. Remember, that, that, that's how you can see the, the D and the E and the S. And, and, and you can see clearly so you can spell things. That's what gratitude will help you do. Helps you see clearly. It's a, it's a magnifying glass for those little letters. But when you are ungrateful, it, it's like uh, things aren't so clear. Like when I put my wife's contacts in. And then things get really wobbly. I get a headache. Things are confusing. That's what happens when you lack gratitude. You got the wrong pair of eyeglasses on, the wrong pair of contacts. Yeah. Gratitude is like climbing a mountain. Uh, you get perspective the higher up you get. You know, I, I like to ski at Red Lodge. I haven't skied there for a while. I can't wait to go back up. It's a great being at the top of Grizzly Peak, and you look out, and everything up there is snowy, and I can look into the Billings. I can see everything. It just for miles, it gives you a perspective. That's what gratitude will do. They were doing a study about the happiest age group. You know the happiest age group in life is? People who are in their 70s. Because they've been to the top of the mountain. They're higher up the tree. They see further. They appreciate things. They, they live long enough to have clarity in life. Yeah. Paul's painting a picture of these perilous times. And he mentions the phrase, unthankful, unholy. I started thinking about that. Gratitude, evidently, is linked to morality. Immoral people lack gratitude. James said this way, where do wars and fights come from among you? They, they come from people who uh, desire things for pleasure. That would mean that things like addiction, I bless them, and they didn't seem to care. Didn't seem to really worry about it. I've seen people who just were clueless about the sacrifices other people made to bless them. And we got this pervasive sense of entitlement that's existing in society today. You know, one of the best things I was able to do is travel to India and Pakistan. If people could travel to places in the world like that, you'd be very grateful for America. You wouldn't be trying to vote socialists in office. You'd be grateful to have what you have. But, you know, in Pakistan, some of those people said, we want to come to America. And I said, well, you better be careful because we've got people in America who want to make America Pakistan. <laughs> now, I'm sure grateful for the nation we live in. You can find anything to be grateful for. And if you want to win and turn that frown upside down, that's what I tell my children, uh, you better be thankful for what are you thankful for this morning? What little things are you overlooking? If you would be grateful for little things like that, you'd stay in God's plan for your life. You'd have the peace of God. I'm grateful for people like Pastor David, even though that rascal beat us in the championship game. I'm grateful for him. How many of y'all want to win this next year? How many of y'all go with me in 2024 and win? I am determined this next year. I'm determined. This is going to be a great year. I am going to believe God. I'm going to believe him when, when the chips look down, when things don't look right. I am going to believe God. That's what I feel the Lord's put in my heart. It's a year for me to believe him. Yeah. You got peace in your life? You know, the, the scripture I quoted, Philippians 4, the peace of God passes all understanding. That means there's a supernatural component to it. There's something supernatural about the peace of God. It guides you. Helps lead you. I'm always looking for his peace in my life to make decisions. That was actually how I buried Elizabeth. I remember hanging out with her, and she was so easy to hang out with. I thought, if I can't be happy with Elizabeth, I don't know who I could be happy with. I felt peace around her. I followed my sense of peace. If you want 
to win this year. If you're going to have to stay in peace. You can't let things rattle you. You've got to keep a sound mind. It's got to be disciplined, focused on the things of God. You can't get distracted and rattled and your mind rolling off on things that have no eternal value. You've got to have peace in your life. Maybe it has to do with you being in the will of the Lord for your life. The plan of God. That is a huge prayer people have. They ask all the time, I want to know if I'm in the will of God. I went through this. I, I, I pray this quite a bit. I often ask the Lord, am I in your will? Am I doing what you want me to do? I begin my day like that many times. Lord, what can I do today? Am I in your will? And listen, I'm like you. I, I, I sometimes was in situations where I was questioning. I was wondering, is this the right thing? Is this what you want me to do? Recently, the Lord visited me in a dream and revealed that I was doing what he asked me to do. He was reassuring me. He was reaffirming the call of God to my life, telling me this is, this is the way you should walk in. But that did not make it easy. Didn't mean that I was, you know, enjoying that necessarily. I had to endure. I had to persevere. I keep going in his plan. I keep working. I keep walking in it. I, I found from experience, if I stay in God's plan, man, he'll meet me there. You want to know if you're in God's plan. You want to seek him. You want to put him first. You want to ask him. And he will meet you there. That would be how you stay in victory, in a place of focus. Maybe it has to do with appreciation. In everything, give thanks. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus. In every situation you're faced with. That's what scripture says. There's always an opportunity to be grateful. There's always an opportunity to be thankful. And when you appreciate the little things in life, God will give you larger things to enjoy. You appreciate the children you have, God will give you grandchildren. Yeah. I like what the scripture says. Faithful and few, ruler over many things. Those little things that you appreciate, man, they go a long way with the Lord. So that, that's my prayer for this year. That, that's what the Lord's put in my heart. How many of you want to have 2024 and you want to win? I mean, a place of victory, following the plan of God. Mm -hmm. You want the peace of God in your life? Anyone feel like maybe they want to discover God's plan? Huh, I see that. God's, God, you want to know what the plan of God is. Are you in the will of the Lord for your life? Or maybe it's just that appreciation thing. I want to pray that over you. Let's just take a moment. Father, I just thank you today. I pray the peace of God over the people of the Lord in the house. And I thank you that our, your peace would guide us and lead us and take us all kinds of places in the way that we should walk. I pray for the supernatural will to be revealed. Super, supernaturally. That we know it walking out, Lord. I pray, I pray, I pray. Thank you for the will of the Lord to be made known. Thank you that it will come to us. Father, I just thank you for grateful people. Grateful people. Grateful people. I pray, Lord, that we would just be so appreciative that blessings would overtake us. Blessings would overtake us. It would be an, over, an abundance of gratitude and appreciation. Mm. I pray that in Jesus' name. Wow. I was, uh, I was just praying over uh, discovering the will of the Lord in your life. And you know what? I, I just had this impression that in order for you to discover God's purpose and plan for your life, you're going to have to be patient about it. You can't get impatient with God. And you have, that means you have to kind of push for it. You have to stay on it. You can't just throw it out there and then get upset if you don't hear anything or feel anything. You have to lean into Him. You have to really get next to His heart. You have to hear Him. And I feel like a lot of people, it's like they get impatient. They lack perseverance, grit to really know what it is. But if you can discover God's plan, and he wants to show you. Man, I'm telling you, it would be so wonderful in your life. You got to stay after it.
pressing in. You know, the, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5 that we've been justified by faith. <coughs> and that we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus. Justified by faith, peace with God through the Lord Jesus. That means that he's not angry at you. He's not mad at sinners. In fact, Romans 5, 8 tells us that while we're yet sinners, he loved us. He saved us. See, only the Lord can give you true lasting peace. No amount of success, no amount of pleasure, no amount of money is really ever going to fill that void. Jesus is the source of peace. He's got a peace that he can give you. So I want to just give you the opportunity this morning, if you're not right with the Lord, if you don't know him, if you haven't walked with him, if you're lacking peace, I'd like every head better, every eye closed. I want you to put a hand up and I want to just pray with you that the peace of God that passes all understanding could be yours in Christ Jesus. You want to walk with him and know him, have peace in your life. You just put a hand up and I'll pray with you. You know, I, I uh, will you stand up with me this morning? Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I have this impression uh, to just pray for anyone who wants to know the will of the Lord. You know, if they're like the plan of God. I can't tell you the plan of God. God has to show you that. But it's something that you can know. It's something you can be confident, reassured by. And I think that's a struggle for many people. And as I was praying there, I just felt that. I felt like sometimes people just, they don't know what it is. And they, they get frustrated by asking. So as we close out, if you want prayer, we got people here who will pray with you. But if you want to know, you know, the plan of God, if you want God to reveal it to you, I, I would ask you to come down to the front and we'll pray with you. Uh, the rest of you enjoy this wonderful weather. <laughs> January and 40 degrees is a win. Come on, somebody. Yes, I'll take it after that long couple of weeks. We love you very much. And... Uh, I can't wait to see you all next week, man. I love you very much. God bless you. We'll catch you. If you want prayer, we're down here for you.